Shalom and welcome to Hat Al Achat, one on one. This is our third international episode and uh, our second in New York. It's part of the IVLP, the State Department International Visitor Leadership Program. As I mentioned before, this year the program is with uh, women journalists, sport journalists, about empowering women through sport media. And today uh, with me is Isabel Bultenstarn. I, I can pronounce your last name, you will say it better than me. Uh, from Sweden. Hi, Isabel. Hi. How are you? I'm very good. I'm now very good. now say your last name so everyone in Sweden will know. Oh, Bultenstarn. Yeah, I love your accent. <laughs> so, um, you are doing a lot of things in media, in sports media. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, in sports media, I am uh, working with Discovery Network Sweden. So I'm a sports reporter and I'm a TV show host. That's mainly what I do. Uh, but then I also have different side projects, as we all do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my main job is uh, the sports reporting. All sports? Uh, no, basically just the rights that we own. Yeah. I don't work with world championships if we don't have the rights to broadcast yeah. them because then it will just be a waste of time for just everybody. Just talking about something without showing it? Oh yes. Sounds so familiar. I just do the championships and the rights that we currently have. Okay. And you're like, uh, I would say half American by your nature or culture or I yeah. don't say favorite stuff that you like to do, watch it. And yeah. The, yeah, we have a lot of American culture in Sweden, yeah. I guess. Uh, all the TV shows, all the music, um, all the humor, yeah. basically everything, yes. Yeah. So it was so fun <laughs> the past three weeks to see how you, like, you're, you're American, I would say that. More, more, <laughs> not more than Sweden, but uh, yeah, totally are. But uh, your life project right now mm -hmm. is a book that you are writing. Yes. Tell us more about uh, it. For the past two years, I've been writing a book about burnout, so basically what a burnout is, just to make that clear, is uh, too much stress and no recovery. That's the simple version, how to yeah. put it, but I'm writing the more uh, personal story on um, the life with a burnout. Why do you get the burnout? What problems do we have in society that makes more women than men burn out? Um, What strategies can we have to move forward? So it's been a very long project. Uh, I've been working with the book for two years, but with burnout for the past five years since uh, I had my uh, diagnosis. So, so you are 28 years old. Yeah. And five years ago, uh, you told, told yeah. us that you were diagnosed with like more than burnout. You say like a deep depression. Yeah. Usually like there's different types of it but uh, you can have burnout and you can have a depression or you can have a burnout and depression basically and you so I both. had both yes <laughs> lucky <laughs> of you. course yeah lucky you so tell me how how did, did you know that you have it or how what did you feel how did it start no that's the weird part because this was after the Olympics in 2014 yes. in Sochi Russia uh, and I was working a lot before the Olympics and a lot during the Olympics and Afterwards, I kind of start developing, like, I got sick all the time. Um, if it was a cold or if it was a UTI or whatever it was, I was just sick all the time. So I went to the doctor and said, like, my immune system is yeah. gone. I don't have an immune system. I must be lacking some vitamins or something. So they did a lot of blood tests and they couldn't find anything. They're like, oh, you're super healthy. Yeah. Good for you. I'm like, okay, but that doesn't explain why I'm feeling... Um, like shit all the time yeah so um it took basically six months for the doctors because uh, i kept coming back because i got sick all the time it took them about six months to figure out that this was not like a physical 
a physical thing. Yeah. It's more of a mental thing. It's more uh, that your your brain is getting damaged from all the stress. Yes. So basically, my brain stopped working in some ways, um, which is horrible. So yeah. uh, my concentration uh, was just gone. I couldn't focus. I couldn't read a single like uh, a page of a book. Couldn't read it. Couldn't understand what was going on. Couldn't listen to a conversation and understand what people told me. Uh, so my brain basically just shut down. Yes. And could you work like that or did you? Well, that's the thing because with burnout from working, what you usually do is that you maintain your working focus, but you take everything out. So I that's stopped horrible. meeting friends. Yes, you kill your life Yeah. because you just have to work. You just have to manage work. So I stopped answering the phone. I didn't talk to my family. I did. A, I dumped my boyfriend because I thought, felt that he was taking all of my time, yeah. and I got so annoyed with him. Like, oh, just let me work. I have yeah. to work. So I dumped him. <laughs> so I was single. I was just working all the time. Uh, I ate in front of my computer, just shoving uh, yeah. food into my head, basically. <laughs> um, but I maintained work for for the longest that I could. But. I reached a point where I couldn't work either, and that's when I figured, like, oh, this is really serious. This yeah. is something. Like when your life is not working and everything is falling apart, that's yeah. okay. The moment oh, yeah. you can't work, that you're understanding. That. Yeah, then you understand that it's serious. Yeah. So, uh, what did you do then? Uh, well, when I went to this, I visited several doctors. So, the first three ones didn't couldn't find anything, and the fourth one. Uh, she was the first one to ask me like, okay, can you describe a week of your life? And I was like, okay, well, I'm sleeping like four hours a night. I'm doing this, 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 and just rambling on how much I had to do and that I always felt pressured and I never felt that I was good enough at what I did. So when I came home from work, I studied, uh, I did all the research, I did everything in my, my own spare time yeah. just to build sort of a confidence in what I did. And she was like, oh, this is this is a burnout. No yeah. doubt about it. And I was like, oh, oh. That, that was simple. Yeah. Well, so then I, I went to sick leave. And that's when I started to blog about burnout. Because nobody knew back in 2014, 2015. Nobody talked about burnout. I think it's only in the last year that like worldwide yeah. people are start talking about it. Athletes mm. start talking about it. Oh, and yes. more than that, uh, journalists start talking about it. I think so too. And... I think that we need to talk about it so people can understand what's happening if you push yourself for too long uh, and also what's happening with society when we always give so much credit to people who succeed yeah. in things you're so afraid that you should not that you're not successful enough you need to be number one or else you're not there or, yeah or else you'll be forgotten yeah. or whatever or um, somebody else will take your place and it's specifically like I won't say specifically but more in uh, women's area than the mm. men area why is that yeah so in sweden uh, the statistics is that more women than men get a burnout and well but i also think that more women will go and try to find out what's wrong yeah. than men so yes. this is part of the statistic as well yes and that's uh, that's a part of it too and in for male uh, for men in sweden it's all uh, also uh, a higher number of suicides yeah. which, which can also be a part of this because they have this culture of not talking about your feelings not going to a therapist mm -hmm. um, that you're stronger on your own so this can also correlate of course but with a burnout and and the statistics that we have right now is that more women uh, get burnouts and I think it's a lot because if I'm just looking at my own life yeah 
I know that the expectations of me and my brother are totally different from our parents. Not because they are mean or anything, but it's just that the way society works. Mm-hmm. Um, I am supposed to always help, be very happy, always do best in school. Meanwhile, my brother, he can just be himself and that's good enough. Yeah. So guys have this good enough and women always have to be the number one and push themselves. Now, I'm, of course, this is uh, different yeah. from individuals, but... Uh, But if, if you say brush, that's no. But if you say it, it's in your family or in your oh, culture, yeah. I can say the same thing over here. Yeah, that means that it's pretty clo- global and like uh, yeah, it's general and making a lot of generalization. Yeah, but it's still the truth. It is. And how is it in Israel with with uh, boys and girls growing yeah, up? Yeah, pretty much the yeah. same thing. Uh, I think like our area of sports media, we, we've been doing like a lot of meetings mm. in the past three weeks, and everyone's always saying like oh yeah we should do better we should be better than them we should work harder we should we already do we, we all first of all yeah we, yeah we already work harder but second of all it's not a must everyone no. should do what they feel and yeah and I can really relate to what you said that after you come back from your work or mm. work time or work area then you stay home and you learn and you yeah. want you want to know everything and you don't want to be the best mm. which is okay mm. but there got to be some boundaries and you got to take care of yourself because as you say you killed your life yeah and it was okay until mm. it's, it's damaged your work yeah and there are so many problems in this as well because For me, it was not just being a woman in a male-dominated yeah. field. It was also being in my younger 20s. I just had co-workers who were 40 or 50. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see myself in my co-workers. And that goes for every minority. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, like, no matter where you come from or uh, sexual orientation, if you are a minor- minority, you don't feel at home yeah. in the same way. So therefore, I think it's very important to have more women into the field just to be able to see yourself reflect yeah. um, and also I mean I felt uh, very left outside in this workplace because well we didn't have the same humor we didn't talk really the same language yeah. uh, because they were they had families that they got to go home to they were very confident in themselves because they've been living a long time they know <laughs> themselves meanwhile I was still like struggling okay I was 22 I was like very confused am I good enough what do I want with life Um, and I also felt, I've been talking about this a lot during the IVLP program, the gratitude that you feel. Yeah. Because there are so many women here and, and in the world, they feel so grateful that they get the opportunity to be in a business where they, quote unquote, don't belong. Yeah. So, and that's what I felt it too. Because I felt like, oh, I, I finally got this job. Now it's my time to shine. I really have to show them I deserve to be here. I'm the best. They will not regret hiring me. So I was working my ass off, yeah. and I didn't realize what was good enough, so I just kept going, going, going. Can you relate to this? I can really relate. Uh, actually, in the first days, I was saying the same thing. I would say, I'm so uh, grateful, like, I yeah. had the opportunity, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I have so much luck. And, yeah. well, I think, I don't know, people will judge, I think, mm. that I'm good at what I'm doing, and I got the job. Maybe the first job, okay, some luck has to mm. do it, because, you know, the decision makers they make the decision and they call who gets the job this one or the other one but in the end like after a few years after a few months after a few games even yeah your job or what you do or what you say this is what counts and mm. it's not about luck you can you need to work hard that's yeah. okay yeah don't just stay there uh, on your chair and 
speak some something uh, I don't know mm. makes no sense yeah. you have to know what you're talking about that's yeah. okay but there is a limit you, there is a boundary that you don't need to go mm. over and when we st- start talking uh, you and me and I heard that I mean the amazing stuff that you are saying and what you've been through mm. I stopped saying that I had luck yeah it's not luck yeah maybe I, as again I said maybe the first time was mm. kind of a luck but now I think that my work or our work gets our gets yeah. our uh, yeah, where this, we are now. This is the thing because uh, success in whatever way you find success, it always depends on so many different things. Uh, but we always like if we interview um, uh, an athlete who has just won a gold medal, we always talk about the hard work that they're yeah. putting in. And of course they're putting in hard work, but they also have luck in yeah. many ways they also have different competitors that didn't have their best day yeah. uh, they also had well a family situation where did you come from how did you grow up what did you learn throughout your life uh, economics how much money did you have as a yeah. child to be able to go to the different sporting events there are so many things that need to be in place for the success to happen it's not just fighting hard and I wish I understood that earlier that things happen for multiple reasons, yeah. but it's not just fighting hard, because the fighting hard will eventually just tear you apart in, yeah. in some ways. So I think like uh, burnouts for athletes, it's more difficult for them to mm. acknowledge them, because uh, this is what we expect from them. Yes. And I, I say now as, a, as the media representative, mm. um, we always look for the, the Hearting story, you know. Yeah. Tell me about your childhood. What was wrong? Yeah. Tell me yeah. about the obstacles you have to know. overcome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about how successful you are now, or mm. how do you feel when you are uh, failing? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's mm. talk about failure. It's like a big non no no word. Yeah. Like you never fail. Yeah. No, we we do, and and I had this conversation with uh, Anna from Italy, mm. our friend, and she says uh, she had the sentence "impossible is nothing." Mm. If you yeah. have ever done something in sport, even if you play as a kid or a girl or whatever, yeah. impossible is everything because you fail a lot of time before you succeed. This is the sentence that I'm starting my book with. Oh, I didn't this know is it. The sen- yes, because I also find it so problematic uh, because it's simply not true. Yeah. There are so many things that are impossible. Yeah. So I want to jump out of an airplane and yeah. survive without a parachute. No, that's not possible. <laughs> oh yeah, if I just fight hard enough, it's it's possible. No, it's not. Mm. And I I wish that people understood that there are limits, and there is nothing wrong with that yeah. there are limits. Um, and my limit is different than yours. Yeah, and also like, let's say I want to be a, a basketball player. Uh, I want to be a basketball player. I want to uh, do a slam dunk. Okay, I'm <laughs> five foot four, 162 centimeters. I am never going to do a slam dunk, no matter how hard I try. On your own, you won't. No, like, I even won't. if you have uh, someone to help you, maybe. Yeah, like. and, and also the, the hard fighting, what will it be good for? Yeah. So what's the the end goal of fighting so hard? And I mean, in, in sports, of course, it's so clear who is winning and yeah. who is losing. But in in our life and in the most people's life, you you don't know when you win or when you lose. Usually it's somewhere in between and yeah. it just keeps going. Yeah. But in sport, you also have the pressure of other people expecting something from you. Mm-hmm. And I think we will see a lot more of that in sports uh, coming people talking about the pressure of being an athlete yeah. and they also feel this gratitude I'm so grateful that I can live my dream to do sports as a living so they feel 
uh, that they should not complain. Yeah. And that's what I felt too. But I mean, it's not complaining, just telling how you feel. But it feels like you're being ungrateful. Yeah. <laughs> so funny because, you know, also athletes, every day they bring their body to, to the limit because oh, yeah? you work hard physically. This yeah. is the, uh, what sports is all about. But then you never think or maybe you think it in a very certain way about mm. the mental side of it, that oh, you yeah. bring your mental side or your, or your brain or your soul mm. to the end every day to yeah. its limit. And yeah, that's burnout's all about mm. because you do it uh, repeatedly every day. Let's say a career is 10 or 15 years. Yeah. That's something that people don't understand. And especially in my country, um, people consider athletes to be like lazy and dumb. Yeah. This is a, yeah. they never see the, the good side of it. Yeah. Mm. Um, they only appreciate the, I would say individual athletes, the Olympic one, because yeah. our <laughs> team sports never get to the Olympics, so <laughs> it's only the individual sport. And only when they are winning. Mm. And the system is built like that, that you get rewarded only if you're winning some medals. Like, yeah. if not, you have to live at your parents' basement. Yeah. And, and that is it. also a pressure. Yeah. Just uh, figuring out how to survive as an athlete. Uh, and what if I want to have a family? How, how will I provide for a, a child? Yeah. All of these thoughts going through athletes' minds, I'm sure it's it's more than pressure. It's it's uh, something that takes up so much of your capacity every day. And that's what I mean when I'm talking about recovery. It's not just the, the physical recovery on laying on your couch watching Netflix. Yeah. It's also about rewinding your head. And now, since we have smartphones, every fan of every sport can just go into one of your pictures write a bad comment like it's always there yeah. that the critique the re reviewing of you as a person or as an athlete um so you don't get that recovery you don't get the break really yeah. and how did you recover well for me but this is i think my best um the best thing that i did i when i was um i was on my sick leave for a total of six months okay um And the first few days I wrote a blog post uh, where I was like, okay, this is what happened. And it was very like, I always write with a lot of humor because I know that gets the attention. Even if you can't relate with a burnout, you still can read it because it's entertaining. Yeah. So I was writing this story about how I basically worked myself into being sick. Uh, and it got great media coverage in Sweden. And there were also so many people that contacted me like, I can relate to your story. I haven't even told uh, my partner because yeah. I'm so ashamed. And that's when I felt like, oh, this is nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. We have to talk about why this is happening and why is uh, it's happening to so many people. This is the most common reason for sick leave in Sweden, oh. the mental health, yeah. So I felt like we have to talk about this. So I made it my mission to do YouTube videos and blog posts and uh, going out talking about burnout. So my sort of therapy through this, I also went to therapy, yeah. but, but I, had, I had my own therapy in just creating content about this, making people aware of burnout. So um, when I came back to work, I mean, now I'm in a different company. I have a great boss who gives me a lot more uh, recovery and not a busy schedule. He doesn't give me a hard time if yeah. I say that, oh, I don't have energy to, to work today. Can you please find a substitute? He's like, oh, sure. And I think that, that was very uh, good for me, but also being able to talk to other people. Just the conversation we're having right now, yeah. 
would not have been possible a couple of years ago because we would both feel kind of ashamed to talk about sure. it. But now we have to put the spotlight on this problem and ask ourselves, what can we do for it to change? So for me in my recovery, talking about it was the best yeah. because that made me understand what was going on in my head. Being alone with your problems just make them worse. It's kind of a vicious cycle. Oh, yes. You always come back to the same point and you always blame yourself. Oh, yes. And when you're alone, as you said, like you dump your boyfriend and everything mm. and you got away from your family, mm. disconnect or something like that, then you feel more alone and you feel more ashamed or more, I, I don't know, guilt yes. over the situation. But also what I do, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but during the evenings I never <laughs> go with some of the girls here. I always stay in a very small company because to me, my brain can't handle too much noise, uh, too much people talking. So the last three weeks with 46 <laughs> other women, yeah, <laughs> journalists who enjoyed to talk about their job was very good for you. Oh yeah, it's been a mess. No, yeah. but it, it's fine, but I just need to be alone to yeah. recover. So yesterday we had the, the final day here. Yeah. We had a little party here. Um, I was there for one hour, but then I had to go in back into my shell yeah. Uh, so I was here in my room with one of the other girls watching a Harry Potter movie. Yeah. Like that is my ideal night. So I'm not the party princess. I'm not the but person. But it who doesn't prevent you to go to this kind of event. You were were there for yeah. one hour. Yes, but yeah. now I know my limitations better. Yeah. Uh, because if this was four years ago, I would have gone to the party. I would have been drinking alcohol, which I don't do anymore. Uh, I would have been uh, staying up until uh, 3 a.m. and like going to clubs, partying. And then the day after, I would have been so sick. I would have felt so bad, not just from the alcohol, yeah. but from my body uh, backfiring on me, mm. my brain backfiring. I would have been feeling horrible for five, six days, just because that's how long it takes to recover if I step over my boundaries. So therefore, the past five years, I've been, I am so good now <laughs> at just feeling, okay, where am I? Where is my energy level? Is this gonna hurt me tomorrow? Yeah. When should I take a few steps back? But I think like, I take it as a compliment, yeah? If you weren't that intelligent, you'd you don't know the limits and no. you don't know the boundaries and you don't mm. know what makes you feel sick or feel oh, bad yeah. or you you are so aware and mm. you know everything about you and your body and your brain yeah yes, I, I, do. I don't feel that everyone is like that and even yeah. people will get the diagnosed mm. I don't know if they can handle the, no, the, that they treatment. keep pushing and yeah. that's that is the main problem people who get a burnout because you are hypersensitive yeah. when you're in a burnout and a burnout doesn't go away in four weeks yeah. so most people they stay at home for a couple of days then they feel like oh I have to meet my friends I have to go to parties I have to do this and that uh, and in the beginning that's the way I felt it too but after trial and error <laughs> I realized that okay what are the things that I have to do to make myself feel as good as possible okay I need to sleep uh, 8 to 10 hours per night I need to allow myself to have power naps every day if mm. that's what I need uh, I have to have food uh, on a regular basis I can't just skip breakfast and lunch and then go for dinner no mm. that's not gonna work for me so throughout these years I've tried to find like okay, what do I need to feel as good as possible and mostly that is sleep that is yeah. rest that is being alone away from um, this hyper energy places yeah. I mean I can go there but I have to go back very fast and learning that about yourself is what's gonna make you have a better life 
I think yeah. for everybody, not just for burnout, but yeah. also for, I for think people who... <laughs> I agree. Yeah. And I think you have the best weather to do that, to go be alone and watch Netflix yeah. on Sweden. And also <laughs> allow yourself to do so. Yeah. Just allow yourself to not always be super social, uh, because it's nothing wrong with relaxing every now and then. <laughs> I think that everyone wants to relax and everyone yeah. wants to have power naps. But, but they, they are like, don't feel like they deserve to, yeah, because they feel exactly. like they have to fight, they have to build, they have to be social and nice. And that's just, that's this uh, problem that our society has. Yeah. So burnout usually is like, in Sweden, it's fo- very focused on the individual. What are you doing with your life? Why are you being sick? What can you do differently? But the bigger aspect is our society. How do we raise our children to always competing, always winning? You have to do your best. Like this is what's been damaging me for so many years. And that's why I'm trying to change the opinion. Like, why do I have to fight as hard as I can? Can't it just be good good enough doing semi-good sometimes? Oh yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah, I'm sure it is as well, but I I hope that some people or all of our uh, listeners uh, will will take that lesson and and feel good about themselves and what are they doing and if they need to take a rest, take a rest. Yes. Uh, Can you tell me more about the movie? Like, uh, the movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a movie. It's going to be a movie. I'm sure about (laughs) it. Maybe we should contact uh, Pele's daughter, Kelly, to produce your movie. Anyway, uh, tell me more more about the book because Uh, you had many sections in the book. You tell your story? I tell my story. So my story is kind of always the background story of the book Uh, but then I go into different topics like society and equality is a very big part of this Um, in Sweden we have uh, well I there have been studies saying that when women uh, are at work their stress levels are high as well as men but when 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 men come home their stress level goes down because they feel ah I'm home now I can relax Meanwhile, for me, for women, when they come home from work, it continues being high. The stress is still high because they go into a second work. They have to make sure that there is milk uh, in the fridge. Yeah, it's in like the morning. Daddy, you're home. Mommy, you're home. What's what's to dinner? Yeah, what's, what's to for dinner? dinner? Yeah. Fix this. Do that. Have you done your laundry? Have you done this? And also the constant reminder uh, to your partner, if you're in a heterosexual, always oh, that reminding us that. Did you do this? Did you do that? Did you um, call your mother? It's her birthday tomorrow. Did you buy a gift? Always reminding the other yeah. person, keeping double schedules in yeah. your head. So it's not just about the physical work. It's also about the mental work, keeping track of everybody. Uh, are our kids happy? Do they have uh, clothes for school tomorrow? Do they have snacks? Did we buy snacks? Usually that's the, wom- the woman's role yeah. in uh, a relationship, which is society based it's not just you and me in our relationships it's mm-hmm. every relationship and the people who denies that are denying themselves because this is this goes everywhere right i agree right even in my relationship i think yeah, uh, yeah. and in mine too i mean i think i live in a very equal uh, relationship but it's not as equal as i wanted to yeah it is never 50 50 because i'm constantly calling my boyfriend like did you feed our dog like <laughs> because i always feel like if i don't check up on him i'm not sure it's gonna happen <laughs> And if he's like, oh, you don't have to remind me, uh, I'm sure I will do that. I'm like, well, I'm not so sure. And that's the problem because sometimes uh, if it's being missed or or anything, I just feel like, well, then I have to remind you. So this is the double work or the triple work, but also fighting patriarchy, fighting 
like the program program that we are in right now it's very clear that women want to fight uh, for justice they want to fight for uh, whatever is is wrong in our yeah. society that is a fourth work that is a full-time job itself yeah which is also taking your energy yeah. so yeah as you can hear there are a lot of different chapters yeah. uh, that i go into because the problem is not just you're bad at planning your time it's more about the social pressure the equality um how we see um women as some <laughs> like this person who has to be everywhere fix everything never say no to anything yeah. uh, that's damaging and also yesterday we had the last uh, session for the action plan everyone has to yes. their, their own action plan and everyone has so much in their basket oh, so yes. many goals they want to achieve and you you raise your hand and you say something marvelous yeah Uh, because I know that a lot of people here want to do good stuff as well as I yeah. do. Like I have a lot of uh, planning on doing different topics. Like I want more young women to be in sports and in in uh, sports media. But I also realize that I need my energy for surviving yeah. as well. Like I can't do all of these things. So I told all the girls, like you have a full time job, a job. You have your projects on the side. If you take on one more project big like this, be aware of your energy, because I call I think I could call it sustainable fighting, <laughs> because sometimes you have to push and fight, but then you have to take three steps back and be like, whoo, okay, and then you have to collect your energy, yeah. and then you have to push some more and then go back. And I also told them that it's very important to have different people around you who can keep pushing when you're taking your time off, just mm -hmm. recovering. So you're not the only one fighting, but you have to gather a team of people who can move the needle forward. Yeah. Because I don't time and energy is probably yeah, it seems a, like the lacking resource. Yeah, always uh, we had to do this uh, fill this uh, bulletin and says uh, what what do you think will be the obstacle? Yeah. And everyone wrote time, money. Money. Yeah. They, they just wrote money. Yeah. Like no one I says wrote time. Yeah. Time and energy. Yeah, and because you're so aware and you know yeah. what it takes, but. It seems like we never take it under consideration. Like, oh yeah, we need more time, we need more money, er, more energy. Yeah. There you go again. Yeah, uh, but also, uh, just another topic of this is also who has the power? Because so many women wants to change things that they don't have the power to change. Like, sure, I want there to be more uh, women who are bosses of the TV companies in Sweden. But I don't have the power to choose that because yeah. I'm not a CEO of a company. Sure, I can write an article or I can give a phone call or I can yeah. do whatever, but it's not up to me to change it, which can also take some of your energy because it's frustrating, not going where you want to, not fast enough. Yeah, but we always uh, have to think and know that we can do something. Uh, as you say, you can write an article, you yeah. can point in some problem or go with it to the minister, whatever, mm. so everyone in her own field. But yeah, our power is limited, and yeah. we, we should recognize that. Uh, I think that was a good advice for everyone yep. yesterday <laughs> and throughout the three weeks. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I really enjoy spending time with you. Wow, it's been half yeah. an hour already. Yeah, so time fast. Yeah, time flies. <laughs> and the past three weeks. Flies. Oh yes, they did. <laughs> and I wish you all the best. It was you too. very nice talking to you, meeting you, and our friend from Australia, Georgie. Hey, Georgie. Hey, Shada. Georgie. She's and gonna listen. I promise. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna send you the link. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say anyone, and I think what you're doing is amazing, and you put your energy and your time mm. and your strength in this book, but it will help so many people, and I really, really hope that mm. you will translate it. 
to English because so, I'm not yeah. so strong in my Swedish. <laughs> I know to say IKEA and that's about it. That is good. No, I, good. I know another thing. Fika. <laughs> fika. Yeah. Swedish fika. That's yeah. when you have... Oh, you can explain it. You know now. I know it. When you have your coffee and a, a treat yes. <laughs> next to it. Fika time. Uh, by the way, in Italy, it, in Italian says something Ooh, very different. Very different. So Do not say fika in no. Italy. No. Don't. <laughs> anyway, it was a pleasure. Thank you, Isabel. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening. And we'll see you in the next chapter of One on One. Bye-bye.